0: We work with set animals, trained animals to work on set. You know,
1: you have to be willing to work hard if you want to get
2: a TV show. When you think you have landed on something that is valuable or different, the first thing you do is go
3: make one. You know, I really come from a holistic standpoint where mind, body, spirit, the more we can take care of ourselves, the better we can show up ourselves and those around us.
4: It's just a shot in the dark, complete out of the box idea. That idea generated thousands of people nationwide.
3: I'm Richard Gerhardt.
4: And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt.
5: Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurism, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. You just heard from some of our fantastic guests. Stay with us for more.
6: Want to patent
5: your invention? The chance is near you've given it heart
2: now get it in gear it's passage to profit with richard and elizabeth
5: gearhart tonight on our show we have two fantastic guests colleen wilson and melissa curtis they're the founders of pets on q and also the stars Of the TV reality show Pet Star. So it's going to be very exciting to have them on.
7: Yeah, I love that show. We also have three presenters. So we have Ren Geyer. So Ren invented Twister and Nerf, and he's got a new project now. And I went on his site and looked at it. And if you have kids, this is really what you want them to be watching. I'm not going to say anymore. We'll let him do the talking. And then we have Jennifer Shapiro Lee, who I met through networking, who I just love. And she is a psychotherapist, meditation, mindfulness instructor. And she gives seminars. She's she's an amazing person. Prepare
5: you, to be mindful. Yeah, yeah, you want to hear what she has to
7: say. And then we have Jennifer Flood of Flood Sisters Kidney Fund. Oh my gosh. I didn't know something like this existed. Jennifer and her sisters help people who really need kidneys find them. It's just amazing. So please stay tuned for all of these. It's going to be a great show.
5: But before we get to our distinguished guests and presenters, let's talk a little bit about intellectual property. It's time for IP in the news.
7: Well, now, Richard, <laughs> we've been practicing this and he's been a little <laughs> irreverent. Who knows? Said, I might be very
5: reverent. to no, yeah. need so. to keep them in suspense. But
7: the United States Patent and Trademark Office, familiarly known as the USPTO, has this special thing they do every year called Patents for Humanity. Now, this is where he usually starts going off, but anyway.
5: I'm keeping my mouth shut so So, far.
7: So they they try to find patents that they think they have the most effect on making human life better on this planet. They have five categories, well six this year because they added COVID this year, but they have medicine, nutrition, sanitation, household energy, and living standards. So if you have a patent application, or even an issued patent that falls into one of those categories that you think helps the human race, then you can apply for this patent for humanity. So wait, wait,
5: wait, wait. So, aren't all patents for humanity? I mean, are well, we some helping are for animals? Uh, well, but are aliens filing these or animals filing these? No. Any anyway. every patent is for humanity. So why do you have to have a special award for it?
7: Publicity. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I know is they're very jaded. Okay, so the prize. The prize is you get Oh, an ex- just
5: wait for this. This is I mean, this is the US patent office PR team going overtime. What is the prize?
7: The prize is that you get an accelerated examination. Okay,
5: Such- so right there, if you're an inventor, what would you rather have? A trip to Hawaii or an accelerated examination procedure, right? I
7: would rather get the accelerated examination okay. because you know they like you. So they're probably not going to like hit you with a bunch of stuff. So anyway, you can apply for this until Friday, December 8th of 2021. So if you are a patent holder or a patent application holder, you should definitely go to the USPTO website and look for Patents for Humanity.
5: And take your shot at getting that accelerated exam because who wouldn't want one? And don't
7: listen. Look, he's been doing this for 30 years. He's written... I don't know how many patent applications. In
5: the thousands. thousands. So I just... So he's
7: very jaded, but if I'm he... not jaded.
5: I'm just like, you know, the patent office, they're trying to do something good. And I understand why they're trying to do it. And I agree with the mission on this project. Okay. Good. It's just... That's the, good. The, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> but the prize is not going to get anybody juiced, in my opinion. So I know they think it's a big deal, but I personally, I'm ready to move on to something else.
7: Yes. So... Let's move on to the interesting patent that you found online.
5: For our listeners listening on the radio, I'll try to describe this. If you're watching us on YouTube, go to the video, you can actually see a picture of this patent. But what it is is, and I'm gonna hold it up here, it's a shark protection suit. So it's a full wetsuit with metal spikes coming out of it. So in theory, If uh, a shark bites you, or they're not going to bite you because of the iron spikes coming out of the rubber suit. So it's you've seen those war helmets with an iron spike on the top. Well, just think of somebody covered with iron spikes like a porcupine okay and this is supposed to deter the shark this was and ex- everybody
7: else on the beach too i'm just gonna be saying like just
5: be careful you don't hug your dog you know play with your kids i don't know how effective it's going to be because really the shark's not going to get the idea until after he bites you the first time right so it may amazon. prevent a second bite but i don't think that it's going to prevent a
7: yeah i story. i didn't see it for sale on amazon so I, and i haven't seen it on the beach so, <laughs> so oh anyway we
5: have to go on to a break, but we'll be back with our guests right after this. You're listening to Richard Gerhardt and Elizabeth Gerhardt on Passage to Profit.
8: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands Contact Gearhart Law on the web at gearhartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
2: Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth
5: Gearhart. And our special guests this evening, Colleen Wilson and Melissa Curtis, founders of Pets on Cue, which is an agency that places animals for TV commercials and movies. And they're also the reality stars of the Netflix show, pet star so really fun to have you with us hello hello hello, hello uh, so what's it like to run a pet agency
0: well technically we don't run an agency it's uh more of a booking uh we we do everything through a booking platform that is patent pending uh
6: oh. and
0: yeah we work with set animals so trained animals to work on set and we do a whole process to make sure animal safety is our top priority that the animals are comfortable on set because you I mean, if anyone has pets you can have you know, two cats and one likes people, one hates people, like, which one do you think we're going to pick to put on set? Like, it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy. It's a very small percentage of animals that can do it. And then we also work with influencer pets. So the famous ones online, and we have probably close to a billion views between all of the animals every week that we represent. So we have a lot, we have a lot of influencers, and some of them have millions of followers, some of them can have a few thousand followers. So we kind of have a very large roster and we partner them with brands and do that as well. So we kind of have the two separate sides of what we do. But
1: it's really more of a management company and a booking platform. And we license things, we do all kinds of media, all kinds of stuff. We help them monetize, essentially.
7: Mm. Right. So I have to ask you guys, I mean, this, obviously, there's a need for this. And your show is amazing. And your compassion and love for every kind of animal there is on the planet really comes through. But how did you get into this? Like, how did you make this a business? Because obviously, you love what you're doing. And that's what everybody's dream. Take what I love and make a business. (laughs) It's
1: all Colleen. I mean, Colleen started it in New York and and she can speak to that. It was kind of her side business. And then she built it up to a certain position. and, And then I actually retired from my career in finance to go work for her. And and we've been together for five years now. I just did it
0: as a side job. And I saw that there was a niche in the industry and was like, Oh, this will be fun just for a weekend. And then it kind of just took over. It's always been my passion business and the animals. And through that, we've been able to help a lot of rescues, a lot of sanctuaries, as you see on the show, we've been able to do and monetize for a lot of people and and ways that they never could have imagined, which is which is always really fun. And I get to work with my best friend too every day. And that was probably the best part about filming the show was working with Mel. We laugh all the time <laughs>
1: and we're a good team. So it's great.
7: Yeah. How did you get a Netflix series? A lot of hard
0: work. I mean, well, what we do is weird. Like, I, I mean, what can I say? Like, if you watch the show, you'll <laughs> see, like, we work with animals in a place that you really don't see us like no one knows the stuff that we do because we sign NDAs all the time when we work with big celebrities and on big TV shows. And we have a a huge show coming up and we can't say anything about it because we're behind the camera all the time with the animals and doing the casting of the animals and whatnot. And you don't you don't know about what we do. And it was kind of a sneak peek and behind the scenes of that. And I think people are fascinated by it because they don't exactly. even realize it's an industry. The fact that you know some famous cats are making six figures. or and that's not just one like we have many of them to do uh dogs and that there are you know different ways for sanctuaries to make money now and there are different ways to do it's it's just kind of an interesting very weird concept similar to patents like it has to have a tv show you have to have something unique and that you're passionate about and end up being a lot about mel and i and our chemistry and the show and just working with animals so I think that Netflix kind of just took a shot on us and it was Mm -hmm. just the coolest experience ever.
1: Yeah. We had a lot of fun. I mean, we pitched the show and, you know, I mean, we've been working on it for a while. It took us a while to get where we are, but it was a super fun journey. And, um, you know, you have to be willing to work hard if you want to get a TV show and, and go out and pitch and stuff. And that's basically what we did. And, and you know, luckily doors open for us and here we are. So we're excited to, you know, have the opportunity to share what we do with the world and then also make them laugh. I mean, we've had a lot of fun. We laugh all the time, so yeah. Also
0: we live in LA, like yeah. that yeah. makes it easier to go yeah. to
1: <laughs> the, <laughs> the casting
7: stuff and people find out about it more. <laughs> I have one comment and then I want to hand it to Richard. And my one comment is until I watched your show, I did not know that they had Reiki and crystal therapy for dogs. Was of course in, they do. In, it's in, taken over. therapy
5: or something or intuition <laughs> therapy. That was amazing. <laughs>
7: so, so do you have a question?
5: You know, lots of people really love their pets and they think their pets are great. And I'm sure a lot of people think their pets would be really great on TV. And I'm, yes. you have to deal with a lot of disappointments because yeah. people... I mean, it's almost worse than being a person, right? It's your pet that's not making the grade. How do you- There's a show show
1: parent quality to these animal (laughs) owners, for sure. And I mean, Colleen and I can't go to dinner and chat about work without people literally running over going, here's a picture of my cat. (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) my pet famous and we're like we don't make animals famous we just work with it you know it's just it's interesting people people love their pets a little too much sometimes (laughs) Melissa's a lot nicer
0: than I am too so I'm just like no (laughs) and (laughs) I'm like well maybe let's talk you know maybe if you worked on this this and this and then yeah I um I'm more in tune with the animal side of it and Mel's more in tune with people and being nicer to them uh, so it's more so like I can tell when the animals don't want to be there and I'm not going to hire an animal that isn't going to have fun on set that doesn't. Cause I mean, you know, people are like that too. And same with kids, but the kids can talk back to their parents and say, I don't want to be here. The pets do non-verbally. And that's where my role comes in and Mel's like translating my feelings to the owners in a nicer <laughs> way. But yeah, that's, that's, we deal with that okay. a lot. Like I would say out of like, probably what. 25 animals that can apply maybe two or three are good enough to do set work oh wow yeah maybe maybe Mm -hmm. and those are the ones that have already made it to that point it's very hard it's very hard to get Mm -hmm. into that industry with animals you have to be very well trained and socialized and yeah
5: we hope you'll stick around for the rest of the show but right now we have to take a commercial break so you're listening or watching passage to profit wor710 the voice of new york and we'll be back Right after this,
8: there's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common they start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company, name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearheartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
2: Passage to Profit continues with Richard and
5: Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guests, Colleen Wilson and Melissa Curtis. Now it's time for Power Move. Kenya, who do you have for us on Power Move tonight?
9: We are talking about Cristiano Rolando. So we were talking about pet influencers earlier and Cristiano is a Portugal footballer who made a power move to being the top of Instagram's annual hot rich list of celebrities who can charge the most for a sponsored post. So he surpassed Kylie Jenner uh, back in 2019, where he was charging only $889,000 a post to now being able to charge $1.6 million dollar per sponsored post. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, so, wow. Just light change, light change.
5: Yeah, that's kind of like our range, right? So if you want a passage <laughs> to profit post, just reach out and we'll have a discount code at the end of the show that you can give us. And we'll, we'll give you a few points off the price.
7: <laughs> wow.
5: That's really great. Some that's of these amazing. people
7: really know how to make money. I'll tell you.
5: They really do. So he's a footballer. Did you say he's hot? Is he in New Jersey? Or what did you he's, mean? He's, right? Right? he's from Portugal. <laughs>
7: he's good looking. He's
0: <laughs> oh,
5: definitely he's attractive. Uh, it's not okay. hard to <laughs> look <at>. All right. <laughs> it's like pointing that out. I guess that's <laughs> 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 you, you want the whole package if you're paying $1.6 right? So oh, uh, that's exactly. for sure. Elizabeth, tell us yes. about Fireside Directory.
7: So for those of you who've never heard me describe this before, I talk about it every week. I started a video directory for small businesses online. I have a YouTube channel and I have a website. I'm redoing the website right now where I've been interviewing small business owners and using their videos to build a directory and I'm going to redo a lot of things about it right now. I'm still doing some videos, but I'm really focusing on redoing the website and getting it to look exactly how I want it to be. Then from there, I'll keep gathering content and then we have some ideas on how to make that scalables that I can't go into because I'm going to be writing three or four patent applications. So I have to keep it all a secret. (laughs) (laughs) That's
5: right. Don't say a word on national (laughs) radios.
7: So now it is my pleasure to introduce our next presenter. This guy, what he has is so cool. So this is Ren Geyer. He invented Twister and Nerf. So obviously very smart, inventive man. And now he has My friend, Ren, for children, I'm telling you, if my kids were little, they would be watching this. I watched some of it on YouTube. So anyway, without further ado, welcome, Ren.
2: Thank you. Nice to be
5: here. Ren, I just have one question before you get started. Is it possible to play Twister and Nerf at the same time?
2: Of course, if you have a Nerf ball and you wish to incorporate that as part of the game, I'm sure you could invent that. Maybe you can get a patent on it.
5: And there you go. All right. Well, you heard it first here on Passage to Profit. So. so so
7: let's hear about my friend, Ren.
2: Well, you're nice to ask. My friend, Ren, has grown out of uh, stories and songs that I've written over the years. We have a music company in Nashville called Ren's Song. And along came a writer by the name of Jeff Harrington, and he and I started comparing notes. And pretty soon we started putting our heads together and putting our uh, my stories and some of his music together. And we have uh, many stories and songs that we are now putting up on the web. And if you go to www.myfriendren, wren, uh, you will be able to see the uh, songs and stories that we are putting up monthly. New songs and stories.
5: That's really wonderful. You've had an incredible career, and uh, you know the commercial success that has come from you know Twister and Nerf. I mean, I've played both of those. I can't. I'm 60 years old, so I really can't play Twister anymore. But um, I can uh, certainly aim a Nerf gun. But what are the sources of your creativity?
2: There is a book two people in Seattle have written, The Ides Family. Uh, It's called The Dyslexic Advantage. And I am uh, a certified card-carrying dyslexic. So is my wife, oddly enough. And we uh, raised uh, five dyslexic children. Really? in the process, uh, learned how to have them remediated. The person who remediated them uh, came to me and said, Ren, what do we do? Can I take what I do on a one-on-one basis and broaden the use of it? And so I put her together. Uh, Her name uh, is Arlene Sunday, S-O-N-D-A-Y, and put her together with my daughter, Cynthia, and they spent a year step-by-step, using the techniques that are used for dyslexia training. And we have now a company called Windsor Learning Mm -hmm. that uh, remediates. uh, We're in every state, and thousands of kids every year are taught to read that can't read. Well, what I'm getting at is I think, I'm pretty sure, that being a dyslexic, I learned to find different ways to look at life, look at opportunity where others might not see opportunity. By example, the Twister game grew out of an idea that came to me while I was working on an idea for a shoe polish company. And I I thought, wait a minute, Uh, I have this idea where kids could be on a mat on the floor and then, hey, wait a minute, there are no games where there are mats on the floor and people Mm -hmm. are playing games. And that is the essence of what brought us to uh, the Twister game, by example.
5: Your story is really amazing. I had never met anyone who was in a marriage where both people were dyslexic and their children were dyslexic. What are some of the challenges that dyslexic people face. Dyslexia
2: takes a very broad swath, uh, lives in a very broad swath of of, uh, results uh, for people's response to it. I don't like to say harm from it because I really do believe, because of my experience, that dyslexia is perhaps a stepping stone to inventiveness and to looking at life with a different view. The less you can look at dyslexia as aberrant behavior, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. It makes person more intuitive, I do believe.
5: I had a friend in law school who was uh, already an emergency room physician. We were sitting next together in class, and I asked him for his notes one day, And he gave me his notes and it just had these like unusual squiggles. I asked him about it. He said, well, I'm dyslexic. But he was one of the top students in the class and obviously had completed medical school and his residency. Super intelligent guy. But he saw things in his head and didn't even really need like the standard English and notes and so
7: forth. If I can say something quickly, I can see where you're coming from though. You have to be creative and out of the box to be able to function in society with a condition that not everybody has. And that was not always accepted, let's face it. And so that really made you into a more creative person. I, I feel like that's what you're saying. Yeah. So we need to ask our guests for comments. So, Melissa?
1: I mean, I just find it fascinating, you know, in terms of dyslexia. I'm not dyslexic, but I, you know, I work with people that are. Um, and there are people in, yeah, Colleen is. I, don't want, <laughs> I didn't want to call her out, but, um, and so it's it's been interesting to watch um, because she's brilliant. You know, she's my boss, she's my best friend. And so. For people that aren't dyslexic, when you're working closely with people that are, are there any, I guess, tips or tricks or pointers for people on how they can better work together and come together cohesively in creative moments
2: and work together better? If you're interested in being creative and working in a creative way, my first suggestion is don't try to do it yourself. Be a part of a team. And if you're going to be a part of a team, stop making the team any bigger than five because you get to six and more and you're into uh, a committee and very little comes out of committees. But I've seen uh, enough teams come together from two to five numbers And if you're going to be creative uh, and you want to have a cue to being creative, one thing we do in our team meetings is we insist on wherever possible. The question that anybody asks is, what happens if? Not what if. What if starts uh, fantasy stories? No. What happens if? is the question that asks, what are the processes that go before, during, and after what you're trying to do? And what I encourage people to do when they're looking to be creative is make sure that when you think you have landed on something that is valuable or different or has possibilities, the first thing you do is go make one. Go do it. Don't sit around the meeting table and discuss it because your opportunity to point out all the deficiencies of the idea and all of the problems you're going to run into, the opportunity to do that is enormous. Stay yes. away from that. And lastly, if your idea seems to be valuable and working, you may be lucky enough to have it be unique and you'll be lucky.
7: You know, this has been incredibly inspiring. Anybody who's listening, you can understand how compassionate and intelligent and how Ren connects with children. Really, I would highly encourage you to watch My friend Run because it is content presented for children in a very different way that I think is much better for their nervous systems, quite honestly, than
3: than what's on TV now.
7: And what I loved about it, I just want to say this quickly before we go, it's extremely diverse. I was saying when I was growing up, there were no little girls like the Muppets had, like one Miss Piggy who was always chasing after a guy, Right and this show has everybody in it so you your child can see themselves so i love that about it i
2: appreciate it those kind words elizabeth thank you we are having fun putting them up and we need viewers and subscribers
7: yeah so, so please it's my friend ren ren spelled w r e n it's a youtube channel it's a website please check this out for your kids. They will thank you later. So anyway, you're listening to Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, the stars of Pet Stars on Netflix, Colleen Wilson and Melissa Curtis. And we are on WOR710, The Voice of New York, and we will be right back.
6: Hi, I'm Lisa Askles, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, e-vine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you wanna know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, Contact me, Lisa Askleys, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, Lisa, at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
2: Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
6: If you're just joining
7: us, our show will be a podcast tomorrow and we'll also be on our YouTube channel. I'll tell you, we have had some amazing discussions so far and we're ready for a couple more, actually. (laughs) So our next guest is Jennifer Shapiro Lee. I met Jennifer through networking. I was so impressed with her. She's a psychotherapist, meditation, mindfulness. She gives presentations and Without further ado, welcome, Jennifer.
3: Thank you for having me here. I'm looking forward to being here today. So I'm the founder and director of a psychotherapy practice located in Roslyn, New York. Between myself and my team, we can treat all mental health conditions and really any age range, children to adolescents to adults. Then within my practice, I ended up getting into mindfulness and meditation because the research showed how helpful it is for people dealing with stress, and anxiety. So I ended up going after a certification as a teacher in that. And then later on, I ended up going and bringing that into companies and organizations. And really, my passion is to speak publicly. I speak on all media outlets about decreasing the stigma and silence behind mental health conditions. I want people to know that just like if you broke an arm, there's treatment for that. Same with mental health. With mental health, there is treatment and ways to help. So just bringing this out into the conversation is really important.
5: How do you feel the attitudes toward mental health treatment have changed over the years? Well,
3: I think one silver lining of COVID is that There's more talk of that now. A lot of people suffered. Almost everyone suffered in some way throughout COVID. it helped normalize a bit of the mental health stuff. And more people are seeking help now more than ever. I mean, I see that in my practice. So to all mental health professionals, and a lot of these people needed to seek help before and they didn't. And now they are. And even I've been going into companies and organizations a lot. And they've been hiring me to do presentations on mental health awareness. So staff can recognize what are the symptoms if I'm feeling depressed? What does it mean if I'm feeling anxious? And how do I get help? You know, and also, um, companies are bringing me in to speak about coping skills, self care, how does mindfulness meditation help your well-being. So I think right now there's really people are recognizing the need to take care of our well-being. And, you know, I really come from a holistic standpoint where mind, body, spirit, the more we can take care of ourselves, the better we can show up for ourselves and those around us.
7: So Jennifer, how did you get into this?
3: I had a really successful career in the fashion industry, actually. I was in um, sales and merchandising. I had a team underneath me. I was traveling the world, um, went to all these fashion shows. I lived in Manhattan. That was in my 20s. And It was really fun. I had a career that was pretty much set up before I went into the fashion industry. I always knew I wanted to be a therapist as well. And I thought, okay, one day, maybe I'll be a therapist. I was just someone that people could go to. I was always interested in people's stories and who they are. And then um, what happened was in 2004, I experienced a completely life-changing event. I actually lost my father to suicide and um, he was a very successful hospital CEO um, I manage an entire hospital system. I, I swear I never saw my father depressed one day in my life. I found out after he passed that he had gone to an outside community to get medication for depression because he didn't want because of his status. He didn't want anyone to know. So I had actually applied to grad school to be a therapist while my father was alive, never even knowing my father was depressed. I got in. And I didn't go. And I thought, OK, I have this great career in fashion. But then um, three years later, after he passed, my life completely changed I ended up applying to Columbia University for grad school. I gave up my team, my career, and I went back and I, I really changed everything I was doing. And it was almost like, I always thought I was meant to do that, it was almost like my why found me, even though it was the worst thing I could ever go through. From there, you know, I, I love what I do and I feel like it's such a rewarding career. And I've seen clients of mine, I've seen people, people in companies, individual clients, couples, whatever it may be, really transform their lives for the better. And I know it's possible. Do you
5: feel like you've fully coped with your dad's suicide?
3: I did. I, I practice what I preach, right? So I went and I got therapy myself. I learned about meditation. I, lear- I I helped myself. I mean, obviously there's days it still affects me. I mean, that's the truth, but of course it will. I think I always will in some way, but I feel like I've done my personal work. And I think the more personal work I can do myself, I can be best to help other people. So I really, you know, I not only do I, I'm very trained, I have tons of different trainings and education and skills, but I, I also have went through stuff myself and I learned that, you know, I can move on with my life and things can get better. Obviously I'll never forget them, but things I still, I still have a life. I have kids now. I have my own life right now.
7: Wow. So Colleen, do you have a comment or question? Yeah, I
0: actually saw online. um, Was it is the rapid eye movement that you do?
3: It's called eye movement desensitization reprocessing. It is one of the number one treatments out there right now for trauma. So I went and I got trained in over 100 hours to be able to do this. And I have so many clients I've dealt with all sorts of trauma. I mean, it can be any trauma from you know, having been in a natural disaster to an assault to just a anxiety to a fear maybe of dogs. I mean, it really ranges. It's called bilateral stimulation, where not only are you doing talking, but they're also looking at something which might mean I can give you an example is, for example, while they're following my hand, like I could go like that, and they follow my hand, while I have them think of a memory. And what happens is with doing that, it changes the neural pathways in our brain. So it doesn't mean we're going to forget the memory, it just means the way we're going to Respond um, changes. So I could have someone come in, for example, and say, I'm not worthy. Maybe that's their their belief from a trauma. And then the idea is the trauma is never going to change, but they are going to leave after the treatment and they are going to feel worthy and empowered in their life. Going back to COVID, you know,
1: I have said jokingly to my husband, I feel like the holy world has PTSD from COVID. But I feel like that's true. I mean, I've said it kind of in jest, but I feel like that's true. And for those of us with kids, um, I know, you know, my kids were very resilient. They both had to leave school. My college-age daughter and my my elementary school daughter, they both left school and were learning at home. And now they're both going back to school this year. And I feel as though I've done a a decent job in keeping communication open and, and things like that. But I always wonder if there's signs I should be looking for, things as a parent that I should be watching for with my kids specifically that are maybe not red flags, but just warning signs of maybe something more is needed,
3: more conversation, or maybe we should talk about therapy and things like that. And I'm just not quite sure what to look for. With kids, a lot of it comes out physically. So they may say, oh, I have a headache. I have a stomach ache. You may see them isolating a bit more from doing things. You know, a lot of kids are all on technology. I mean, that's kind of the way it is now too, but children and teens, adolescents, they get very triggered by technology, especially the teens, adolescents. So just to kind of be mindful of opening those conversations and talking about things, things. So really like any physical changes, behaviorally, if you see them acting differently um, maybe before they were their favorite thing to do, they were involved in some sport and then they pull out and you know, they're isolating more. So really just to look for anything that seems like a change I think is important, but with, like I said, it usually comes out physically within kids.
7: So Kenya, do you have a question or comment?
3: Yes. So I've actually
9: done, I always mess it up Is it EMDR yeah did i get it right yeah i've actually done it before it's a pretty fascinating treatment Mm -hmm. i'm just curious to see what you think why why do you think people hide the fact that they're suffering with mental illness like besides like the general analogies we might have like why do you think people ultimately kind of are embarrassed or kind of hold back
3: from either seeking help or sharing that they're going through something well it's really unfortunate and that's what i speak about because i feel like people feel shame or they think it's a weakness and i tell people it's not a weakness right like if we had heart issue if we had you know any sort of issue is that a weakness no like you know mental health is just a condition just like anything else and one in four people suffer with either depression anxiety so it's so common and you know one in five people have been through traumas so it's it really needs to be something we do talk about more because it's so widespread it doesn't discriminate affects Everyone, a lot of people. But I think it really is like our society has almost been programmed to think you can't talk about that. You're supposed to always be strong, like strong is the word. And really, there's nothing weak. Actually, I think it takes courage to get help when you need it. I remember
5: uh, a coach I once had. I asked him, How do I become a better leader? And he said to me, Richard, work on yourself. So I think, you know, help or advice or support from a coach or a counselor doesn't have to be only to fix things that are bad. They can help you grow in new ways that are good. And I think by healing some of the old wounds, you can do more than you could before. And so, you know, maybe we need to start thinking of these as opportunities for growth, instead of fixing something that's broken.
3: Definitely help you become the best version of yourself. I mean, it's all about Growth and change and transformation.
7: Yeah, and I want to go back to Melissa's point. It would be very nice if we could destigmatize this for the next generation because these kids have been suffering. I mean, let's just face it. And even before COVID, with all the internet bullying, all this crap that goes on in their lives, that quite honestly, we didn't have to deal with. And they need the help more than anybody, probably more than we, I don't know. We all well, need not but more than
5: us, but no.
7: no. <laughs> no so if you can't destigmatize that for the next generation, that's huge, Jennifer.
5: This is a very, at least for our generation, very unusual event where there's sort of been this mass catastrophe. Yeah. that mass trauma that came on us very suddenly. That's very real. I mean, I would have never expected that to happen or live through something like that. And this generation is gonna live through that. And they may never achieve the level of comfort and safety that you know, I grew up with. But that's just going to be part of the society's fabric going forward. You know, was like my dad who grew up during the Great Depression. He was scarred by that. You know, we can help him cope, but I don't think we can change the experience.
3: I mean, change is a constant in life. It is. But, you know, we're resilient. So people have gone through major, very hard things in their life. And just to know that they're resilient and they can get through it. And I think being vulnerable and talking about these things actually builds connection instead of us hiding underneath the surface. It's really a way we can all really really, and connect together in the bigger picture and help decrease the stigma.
7: I agree. People need to share their stories. There should not be a stigma of getting help when you need it. Everybody needs it at some time in their life. And hopefully we'll get to that point where everybody gets it when they need it. But right now, unfortunately, <laughs> we need to go to break. <laughs> Jennifer, as always, it was just a pleasure talking with you.
5: And thank you for your sharing your story and also for creating even more awareness on this issue. I know I've benefited from a lot of help and I can't imagine... Being where I am today without it. So thank you right. for raising that awesome. issue.
7: So you can find Jennifer at her website, Jennifer Shapiro Lee. So Jennifer is spelled with two N's. So it's J E N N I F E R S H A P I R O L E E.com. Jennifer Shapiro Lee. Jennifer with two N's. It's
5: been a great ride. so. But we
7: have one more presenter left okay. who is going to blow your socks off. You're not going to believe what this woman has done. So stay tuned. You're listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show on WR710. The Voice of New York will be right back.
8: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearhartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at gearhartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
2: Passage to profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart,
7: and our special guests Colleen Wilson and Melissa Curtis the stars of the Netflix series Pet Stars and if you missed their segment or the other segments we had we've had just a fabulous show You can hear them on our podcast, which comes out tomorrow, and you can see everybody's gorgeous faces on our YouTube channel. We always get the best looking people on the show, so you can see it on YouTube as well tomorrow, and it's Passage to Profit Show is the name of it. So without further ado, I have been so excited to talk to this next presenter, Jennifer Flood of Flood Sisters Kidney Fund. What she's doing is just amazing, so I won't say anymore, so Welcome, Jennifer, tell us what you do.
4: Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth and Richard. And so my sisters and I started Flood Sisters Kidney Foundation. Started in 2008. Our father was in need of a kidney donor and none of us were a blood type match. We didn't want him to go on dialysis. And I'm a nurse and we knew the waiting list was gonna be two to six years. We had used Craigslist, as crazy as it sounds, for selling items, for networking, just meeting people. I'm a mother, I used it for childcare. We said, let's just put an ad out there in the volunteer section of Craigslist and see what happens. It's just a shot in the dark, complete out of the box idea. And that idea generated thousands of people nationwide. A woman from high school ended up seeing the ad. She ended up working for news radio in the city. She put us on radio. And from there, all these people kept um, responding to the ad and wanting to test for our father nationwide. It was incredible. And from there it was a roller coaster ride, interviewing tons of donors and where they're located, what's their blood type, what's their gender. Finally get down to six donors. um, And then we have to deal with hospitals at the time. They weren't doing living donor transplants in 2008, let alone from a complete stranger. So we had medical barriers at hospitals not wanting to do the transplant because it was a stranger. Um, So we had to cover it up and say these people were our friends, that we knew them, and that's basically how we had to go about it. And uh, we found the perfect hospital for our father, and he was transplanted in 2009 from a complete stranger in uh, Monterey, California.
5: Amazing. That is unbelievable. First of all, hats off to all of the kidney donors out there. I happen to like my kidneys. I'm not sure I would have the courage to give one up uh, unless it was for a family member, for sure. But I just find it amazing that people would give up their kidney for a stranger. Can you talk a little bit about that? Some of the people you've talked to and kind of what the motivation for that would be?
4: So a lot of these people just have had a family member or a friend go through transplant or have had a, you know, a friend or close relative wait on the waiting list, uh, endure dialysis. And with dialysis, you can go into heart failure. You can go into fluid overload. You can have all these you know complications from dialysis and just wait there for years for a cadaver kidney to become available. When you can have a living donor kidney, operation can be scheduled right then and there, a couple months, once the donor is tested and goes through clearance. And the donor, the living donor kidney lasts so much longer than it would from a cadaver, as well as people don't understand that when you receive a cadaver transplant, that kidney is sitting in preservatives before it even gets transplanted. And it doesn't work right away. A lot of times it has to be jump-started. So sometimes people after transplant have to go on dialysis for a bit to jump-start the cadaver kidney. So living donation is really best. So now you've
7: continued this since your father and you're helping all sorts of people all
4: over the place. So can you tell us a little bit about how your site works? Sure. So in 2008, after seeing our father matching him with a donor, we said, there's got to be something out there now that we've saved his life. We have to now pay this forward and help other people going through the process. So we started a matching service. It's much like a match.com, except it's for kidneys. <laughs> They're all kidney also have
5: a site for people dating each other who only have, <laughs> kidney, but, you know,
4: right. um, ironically enough, I'm a twin. And um, a couple of years ago, I just found out I have one kidney and never knew. Ah, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow!
5: So in terms of health, is there any health impact on somebody who has one kidney instead of two?
4: There's no research that proves that you can't live with one kidney. Of course, I get checked every year. I have a nephrologist just to make sure my one kidney is functioning great. But yeah, there is no you know, complications after transplant for giving a kidney. Um, you can live a very healthy life as a donor. You
5: probably get fewer kidney stones. But uh, uh, (laughs) Kenya, do you have a question or a comment?
4: I mean,
9: not really. I'm just fascinated by this whole thing. Um, I actually work with live on New York here in the New York area. They are a Oregon donation, non-for-profit that we've been doing work with for a while. So it's all about just educating people on the importance of donorship and so on and so forth. So I I just respect what you're doing. Um, it's, honorable Thank you. and it's helping a lot of people.
7: Melissa, do you have a comment or question? Like Kenny said, I just think
1: this is fascinating. I had a One of my best friends in high school had a kidney transplant when we were in our early twenties and she does the, um, I guess there's a transplant games. It's like an Olympic games for people with transplants. And it's just fascinating to me. So is it just a blood type match that you look for with a kidney or does it like what it, what has to match up for someone to actually donate?
4: There's actually a lot that goes into it. You have to be a very healthy person, of course, be free of all disease. So the first step is the blood type, you have to be the blood type has to match. And then they do a cross match to make sure there's no antibodies against the donor's blood with the recipient's blood. And once that works out, then the donor is put through intensive testing, lots of more blood tests, checks, x-ray, ultrasound of the kidney to make sure their kidney is okay to donate. It's an intense workup after the blood type is confirmed and the cross match.
5: You mentioned that there were ups and downs as you've grown this project.
4: Over the years, we've established, of course, partnerships with many hospitals who now know who we are and do our transplants, which is beautiful. Because when we were first starting out, no one knew who we were. You know, they thought there was a lot of red flags going up with a donor that's a stranger. Now, after 11 years and 11 transplants that we've done, A lot of hospitals already know our work and what we do. But a lot of the challenges of the day-to-day, the donor. So the donor can be a perfect match on the blood type and the cross match and then go into the intense workup. And then there's something found in the clearance test right before the transplant. So you're dealing with the challenges of a donor working out. You think everything's going to work out. There's going to be a transplant and then it doesn't work out and you're back to square one. And then you have the family to work with and then you have the donor to work with. So you're dealing with both sides of the spectrum. You have to support both sides and be hopeful for the recipient that another donor will be found.
7: If somebody donates their kidney, how long after that operation does it take them to recover generally?
4: They say, I mean, most hospitals have around the same time requirement. It's usually six weeks that they need to recover. What's your website? Our website for more information and to also test to be a donor, or if you're a patient that needs a kidney donor, Blood Sisters Kidney. FND.org.
5: You're listening to Passage to Profit.
8: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that JRTLAW.com. This ad has been read by a non attorney spokesperson.
2: Now, more with Richard
5: and Elizabeth. Passage to profit. What an incredible show. I think this has been my uh, favorite of the favorites.
7: Today on the show, we had Colleen Wilson and Melissa Curtis, founders of Pets on Q, the letter Q, and reality TV stars from Netflix's series, Pet Stars. Very cool show. If you have not watched it, it's a mix of a lot of really interesting things and it's funny and it's animals and it's, I'm just blown away by what you guys are doing with that show. Coming
5: to a Netflix channel near you. (laughs)
7: Yes. (laughs) And so if you want to do a commercial and you need animals in it, or you want to do anything with the animals that are trained and that have their own, Following that are influencers. You can go to their website. We should
5: have some animals on our show. Yeah. Perfect for radio. Yeah.
7: <laughs> it's um pets on Q, the letter Q. So petsonq.com. Mm-hmm. And then we had Ren Geyer with my friend Ren. That was my friend W-R-E-N, which is a really cool media product for children that is not so in their face it's like it's kind of laid back and I think it's really good for like calming children down like I would have my kids watch this before they went to bed
5: except he's also the inventor of nerf guns so if you're trying to calm <laughs> your kid down and yeah. you give them a nerf As gun a I just I'm just not sure how that's going to work yes
7: and then we had Jennifer Shapiro Lee who is a psychotherapist who is really trying to remove the stigma from people needing help with their mental being and everybody does at some point in their life. I don't care who you are. Meditation
5: it's, too. So get in touch.
7: Jennifer Shapiro Lee, dot com, Jennifer Shapiro Definitely look her up no matter what's going on in your life. And then we had Jennifer flood from flood sisters, kidney fund. Really what she's doing is just amazing. She's, helping people who are in kidney failure find kidneys from living donors. It's a hard process and it's a lot of work and it's difficult, but she's saving lives.
5: You're a saint, Jennifer. Thank you. you.
7: Her website is flood, F-L-O-O-D, sisters, just like it sounds, kidney, F-N-D dot org. Some people are very motivated to be altruistic and help other people. And if you know somebody who does need a kidney, go to her site and I just think this is wonderful. I hope it just continues to grow. So now we have come to the final portion of the show. We want final words from Kenya, who, by the way, is with iHeart and is a creative genius. And you can reach her at Kenya Gibson with a P at iHeartMedia.com. Any advertising, radio needs, ideas. Like she has, her ideas are beyond
5: and she has a killer Instagram feed. So make yeah. sure you check her out there. Coach too. Kenya.
7: Yeah, I felt, I felt
9: today was so therapeutic for me just to hear all the different stories. I mean, we talked about pets, we talked about organ health, and we talked about mental wellness. And I think the creative side of me might come from that little dyslexia that's going on. So I thought a lot better about that. But I just really appreciated everybody's stories and their contributions. And it was a good show. And it was great to be a part of it. Colleen, do you have any comments?
0: I mean, it was really fun. I'm really fascinated by uh, everyone that spoke, especially um, learning more about mental health and with COVID especially I'm really proud I've been getting into meditating over the past couple of years and trying to do it and trying to do hypnobirthing and all that stuff. But I'm just really fascinated by this stuff. And I'm I'm a fan of yours. I've heard about you and Melissa.
1: Oh my gosh. What an inspiring panel of people to be on a podcast with. This was a great thing for me. I learned a lot and it was really, I think, therapeutic. Like you said, it was a really therapeutic episode. I even learned more about dyslexia. So, so today has been a a day of learning, very inspired. And so thank you so much for having us on. This is a really, really great experience. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you everyone for watching and listening Passage to Profit and join us again next week. We'll have another show for you as well at the same time. Before we go, I'd like to thank all the people that make Passage to Profit possible. Our producer, Noah Fleischman, our program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Chatter Boss, and the whole iHeart team. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Passage to Profit on iHeart Radio, wor seven ten, The Voice of New York.